five. Loading. Four. It's a sharing up. And so sorry. Three. Almost there. Two. Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan is gone. Oh, can you believe this? One. Here we go. Now. Introducing Sunday League Finest Podcast with your host, David Donis and Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Sunday League's Finest. I'm just here cracking, lacking, you know, chilling with my boy, David Donis. What's up, David? How's your weekend? How's everything going? What's going on, man? We are live. Just kidding, we're not live. Um, Just so you guys are aware... David sometimes doesn't get his facts right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, David, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Do anything fun? Um, yeah, I mean it was pretty good. It was just a, a chill weekend. I didn't, I didn't do anything crazy. Um, so it was fun. Watch some, uh, watch some EPL. So that that was always fun. How about you, man? Yeah, I relaxed. Uh, watched some EPL. Watched uh, a little bit of boxing this weekend. A boxing fight was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, as always, though, you know it goes down to the judges' scorecards. I don't agree with them. Um, it's actually crazy because one of the judges was is actually on temporary uh, suspension because he's being investigated for such a lopsided card. Damn, so. <laughs> that that sounds like boxing. Yeah, pretty much. No uh, one, no one likes judges, whether it's UFC, boxing, man. Everybody hates judges. I know, I know. That's why I always say just knock them out. All right. Oh yeah, easier said <laughs> than done. All hey, right. let me ask you a more important question: Are you caught up on Thousand Pound Sisters? Oh, yes, yes. Thousand Pound Sisters drops a new episode this week. Uh, Thousand Pound Sisters is one of mine and David's guilty pleasures. If you guys <laughs> haven't seen it, um, it's a pretty good show. Uh, and I just hope one day that I, uh, I don't end up on Thousand Pound Sisters. Yeah, if, if you're ever feeling down and you feel like you're really fat, uh, just watch that show. You'll feel a lot better. Uh, it's pretty messed up, David. <laughs> no, no but, but it, it's a funny show, man. But it, it is it, funny, it, and we we do wish, uh, obviously, the the two sisters on there. You know, one of them's losing good weight, and we wish them the best. But is they're funny? They're funny girls. Yeah, they they're pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and then uh, AI, um, did you watch? Uh, I watched Raya the Last Dragon from on Disney Plus. Did you check that out? I haven't seen it yet. Any good? You ain't got the thirty. You ain't got the thirty bucks. I don't have a good career to pay for it. <laughs> this is your career. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's why I need you guys to really support us, guys. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, yeah, that's pretty good. It's the new newest movie from Disney. So obviously, anytime Disney comes out with something, um, everybody goes and watches. So yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't like amazing, but um, some cool fight scenes. Um, um, so I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Maybe I'll just get your login and use it, dude, so I can watch it. Nah, sorry, dude. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, anyways, everyone's like, man, is this show dedicated to now Thousand Pound Sisters and Disney Plus? We're plugging hey, in our we, sponsors. And <laughs> we make money. There we go. There we go. Um, no, for real, though, getting into it. Thank you guys for joining. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys are enjoying um, the week of week, you know, topics that we're coming up. If you guys, as always, want anything specifically talked about a topic, you know, feel free to reach out on Facebook. Um, You know, it's Sunday Leaks Finest on Facebook. And then our email info at the Sunday football dot com. I'll include the link in the description. Uh, But yeah, let us know. Let us know. But getting into it, a little bit of la galaxy news uh it's it's a big rumor but i highly doubt it happens but there is a 
potential leak of uh, Julian Araujo going to Juventus. Um, supposedly Juventus is interested. I mean, it's good for him. I don't want to see it as a Galaxy fan just because, you know, our defense is horrible anyways and losing a good young piece is going to hurt us even more. But it's it's one of those big rumors right now. But who knows, you know, sometimes the wildest rumors do come true. That's a pretty cool rumor, especially for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Any Anything Atlanta... Atlanta United related? Uh, yeah, so we had a, a scrimmage this past weekend against Tormenta FC, um, which I believe, Obi, you have some history with them, right? Uh, a little bit. I almost worked with them uh, about two years ago. Uh, I was one of the considered the finalists, but, you know, I could never just finally land that job. wasn't good enough. <laughs> Uh, so Obi pretty much has history with like a hundred clubs around the country. So, <laughs> hey, hey, support local <laughs> soccer. Support local soccer. Um, but yeah, Atlanta United won three zero. So um, that pretty much went, means we're gonna win MLS Cup. Um, <laughs> you know, it's you can always tell by the uh, preseason results exactly how the season's gonna go, right? Exactly. Um, nah, I mean it was close to the public, so it was just you know all you could see was a highlight. So it's really hard to tell. You know, you know how the game went, but obviously, three zero win is 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 always a positive sign. Um, you know, we signed another player, Alex Dijon, a defender that used to play with Orlando. Um, so that's new news. Um, we got some a rumor new news. about a center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess not that new. But newest was the last last week. Um, but yeah, we're rumored for another center back, Alan Franco from Argentina. Uh, from Independiente, um, so hopefully we sign him because we definitely need a, a center back. We failed uh, to acquire two other center backs that the deals kind of fell through, so we get that signed up. Yeah, sign him. I think we're be in pretty good shape. With the Atlanta United, I mean, pretty much you can guess every single rumor. Who's who are they going to sign? You just say it's an Argentine player. That's it, and it's pretty. I think what ninety nine percent of the time is true. Yeah, hey, I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. The Argentine players have come in and torn it up. Well, not only are you know from Argentina, from all of South America, they come in and they've been tearing it up. They have good individual skills, so um, it's something that Atlanta United went away from for a little bit, you know, under Frank DeBoer, and now they're getting it back, and uh, hopefully they have a good season. Yeah, and obviously, I you know I think Argentinians do well in MLS, and I want to continue that going forward. Uh, I just want, you know, I don't want Atlanta United to lose, um, you know, that th- those few American players that we really um, that really break into the lineup and do well. Because you know, we've had success with um, Julian Gressel, George Bello, um, you know, even Jeff Lorenowitz, who's been a veteran for a long time. So we still have like a good um, couple of Americans. So I, I definitely want to have, you know, the, that still going for us. I think it's it just means more when you got some local guys, especially from Atlanta or Georgia that are in your lineup versus just a complete, you know, Argentinian or a foreign base scene. I don't know if you feel the same way when it comes to galaxy. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, right. Because although it, uh, it's a discussion for another day, but I don't think it's a MLS's job to, you know, produce the next best talent. I think obviously that's the youth, youth side, but, um, it is something nice when you do see the guys from the local hometown, you know, and I think clubs understand that, which is why they have the homegrown rights. Um, but yeah, definitely when you see somebody from, you know, the local area playing for the first team or the second team, it's definitely something special. Yep. Agreed, Mijo. Yep. Uh, going on to the rest of the MLS, uh, 
LAFC strikes, I know it's been rumored, but LAFC finally has agreed on a partnership with Las Vegas. Lights from the USL Championship. That one's very, very interesting because obviously they're not in the same uh, state um, and they have to kind of travel everywhere. So kind of the details on it is that all the Las Vegas Lights, you know, players and staff will be at LAFC's facilities. And according to the report I read, it says trained with the first team or will train with the first team. So I don't know exactly how they're going to do that. If they're going to have their own practice times or are they just training at the same time and kind of integrating them, at least for preseason. Um, and then LAFC will take care of, you know, player uh, staff salaries and um, league operating costs and stuff like that. And then like marketing, game day operations and um, other facets of that nature will stay in Las Vegas in the in their front office. So it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the f- new head coach, of Las Vegas Lights, the local legend, U.S. men's national team, Steve Cherundolo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Steve Cherundolo has a history with Bob Bradley, so I think that's very good. Very good. Um, I, I like it. I think it's a good appointing. Uh, Steve Cherundolo, right after retiring, kind of spent some time in the developmental systems in Germany, you know, spent some time in the youth academies, and most recently was an assistant coach for the Germany uh, under-15 national team. So I think he has the experience and, you know, kind of not just making the leap into the MLS, but, you know, taking a USL role, I think he's going to develop more, and hopefully he learns a lot under Bob Bradley. Yeah, doesn't he speak German too? I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, I love Steve Schroeder. I love I loved watching him back uh, play. He was... Uh... I think he was one of their best defenders that we ever had, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But um should be good. It's just an interesting one. Um I mean Eric Wynalda, Wynalda, uh he commented on it. You know, he used to be the coach for the Las Vegas Lights. He commented saying, Las Vegas, it's not your team anymore. So what do you think about that comment? Uh yeah, I mean that's pretty interesting. Um but I mean, is is this is this a unique situation? Because I, I remember, like, at, I think Atlanta United used to be affiliated with like Charleston Battery. So, um, but I, yeah, I guess they weren't paying their salaries. Now you have like LAFC paying paying for everything, right? Yeah, you have them paying for basically everything, and then not only that, you have them housing it. When it was Charleston Battery, they still operated separately. Still were in Charleston. Um, now LAFC's kind of. I mean, Las Vegas Lights is in L.A., so it'd be interesting to see if, I don't know, somewhere down the road they try to take over and just move them officially to L.A., or, I mean, it, it, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it it took LAFC a while to even get this second team going, and I thought it was something, a league requirement, you know, of that you need a USL team um, at least after the second season. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a good partnership. It's just, let's see exactly if the players get tired of traveling for every home game because you know yeah, it's a I mean, four it's hour a, minimum drive without traffic yeah that's 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 pretty rough yeah uh, any any other comments about that no just i wonder if it's like uh you know a money grab but i don't know how much money las vegas lights is really racking in right yeah uh it's going to be interesting well I mean, that kind of leads into the the second topic is, you know, was Sacramento kind of in doubt? It's not necessarily that Sacramento won't get the MLS uh, bid still, but there are a couple cities in the 
you know, just waiting there, ready to pounce on the opportunity. Um, they're basically like a lion stalking down a gazelle right now, um, looking to get, you know, capitalized here. And that, that goes Detroit, Phoenix, San Diego, and Las Vegas. So it'd be interesting, you know, if Las Vegas does get the second team, do the lights stay and kind of become affiliated with them? Or, you know, do the lights leave and go to L.A.? Yeah, and, and it, it's interesting because obviously with Sacramento, uh, you know, really COVID played a huge factor into that. So it's like what's everybody's uh, risk tolerance in 2021 with trying to get a team established to go into MLS because you're pretty much guaranteeing you're going to lose money in 2021. Yeah, yeah, with uh, the limited um, seats. I mean, we can go ahead and talk about that right now. Um, I am a season ticket member of the LA Galaxy. Um, and we got an interesting email this week uh, kind of discussing about, you know, limited fan attendance. Um, they mentioned, it was kind of weird. I had a call to get clarification. But basically, we've been paying, you know, season tickets um, on and off for, you know, since the pandemic started. So when it first started, we were paying. And then, you know, they put a halt to it for a few months. Then they started back up saying, all right, your tickets will be transferred to 2021 or you could get a refund. Um, I transferred my tickets to 2021, started paying again monthly. And then about a month ago, maybe two months ago, we got a, another email saying, you know, payments will be halted. So basically, we have a bunch of money, you know, racked up in with the Galaxy. And essentially what they're going to do is because of the limited tickets that they're going to have is, is it is going to go to season ticket members you know, first dibs, but they're not really going to consider us season ticket members because you can't give us the rest of the perks that usually come with it. So our season ticket perks is more that we got first dibs at the tickets, but we kind of still have to buy them, but we're going to be using our credit that we have with them. So for example, if I have $400, you know, credit with the LA Galaxy. So now they send me an email saying, you know, hey, tickets are available for the home opener. Um, I don't know what they're going to sell them at yet. It could be 30 bucks, 25 bucks, you know, 50 bucks. Who knows? So say it's 30 bucks a pop, right? Um, I, as a season ticket member, can buy up to six. But say I just want two or one, I can use my credit that I have with the Galaxy to pay for them. So that's how it's going to kind of be done. They're not going to give us the tickets. It's kind of like all the money that you've already used or paid towards it. You're now just going to have access to to kind of pay for the ticket, if that makes sense. Wow. So do you think you're going to have to pay out of pocket? I mean, eventually, if we run out of credit, I think we will have to pay out of pocket. Because here's what I'm thinking, right? Um, when I was looking for, you know, like Atlanta Hawks tickets, right? Um, just out of curiosity. And usually for a regular game in Atlanta, you know, barring any, you're playing anybody big like the Lakers, you can usually get uh, like, you know, the cheap, cheap tickets for, um 15 20 25 and then it kind of goes up right during the pandemic and during the mini seating when you go and look at ticket prices they're for the cheapest tickets they're they're over 100 bucks you're talking about 130 140 bucks and that's basketball where they have um you know a crap ton of home games every year and you have games midweek so you know with uh with mls you have what like uh 17 home games 17 home games yeah and you have limited seating. Um, I have a feeling that, and and I don't know if it's going to some be something that the rest of the MLS clubs do, but I don't think they're going to have tickets for thirty bucks, bro. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're going to have them way more expensive. Um, 
so it's going to be interesting because it, it is basically like okay like we weren't season tickets you know members um and it's going to be interesting to see exactly how they do it because you know they have since you can buy up to six they have seats saved in groups of six you know all throughout the stadium but what about if i just buy my one ticket or two tickets so it's like now you have a bunch of tickets that you can't resell i don't know how they're gonna try to resell those you know because technically if you resell those they're gonna be next to people that they don't know and that's not covid you know guidelines yeah so so thinking in that mindset does that kind of piss you off it it does when you know when i first heard about it kind of did not really piss me off but it was annoying um because you're like well i've been paying this entire time you know i've been a season ticket member this would would have been my third year right but technically two years but at the same time i kind of think about it realistically and i say well what else can the club do are they really just going to go ahead and give free tickets away in the time where the club's been hurting i mean at the same time i got to see it as a hey this is how we're going to help the club a little bit right um you know, buying jerseys, uh, ticket sales, all this stuff is how we're going to help the club in a quote-unquote financial crisis. Yeah, it kind of, it is what it is. And, I mean, you could have bought those Galaxy Speedos to help them out, but you chose not to. I already got my, (laughs) I got my Galaxy thong, dude. (laughs) Uh, Nah, but yeah, it's kind of like, it's just a crappy situation all around. Um, they said last year that MLS uh, lost a billion dollars in, in revenue. So I don't know if that's just a... Don a Garber pulled Don- that out of his butt, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure that's a bigger Don Garber throughout there. But I mean, it's, it's the truth. Like, the truth is that MLS just makes so much money from a- attendance. So they took a, a bigger hit than all the other major sports um, in America. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it'd be interesting to see what LAFC does exactly um maybe i should give them a call and see exactly what they're planning on doing um because you know since they're in the same city uh be interesting you know yeah yeah imagine if they're like everybody gets free tickets (laughs) probably dude (laughs) hey they you know that's how they buy their fans right oh yeah it's true hey uh so galaxy they're breaking down with the people with the most seniority and season tickets are gonna get you know the tickets released first right first access so with lafc what everyone gets them at the same time because they've only been around for like two years <laughs> <laughs> damn son he just pissed off our one lafc fan uh nah they it's fine luis luis knows what's up <laughs> but yeah and it, you know what i have not heard anything from atlanta united um the only that i've heard that the braves are going to open to 33 percent capacity um, now they're they moved so they're like in Cobb County, which is like a suburban area north of Atlanta. Um, so they probably don't operate in the same like uh, like rules and regulations of the cities because the the Mercedes Benz is actually in the city of Atlanta. So I, I really don't know what's gonna happen. Um, now I'm not a season ticket holder, but we do like we'll do like the uh, like the six or seven or eight plans. games. Yeah, and we had six of them last year and we got the um we went to no we, we didn't even go to one i don't believe because the first game was uh we played nashville when joseph got hurt and that's when everything happened i think um so we don't know what's going to happen either and then you also have the season ticket holders and with atlanta i'm, I'm pretty sure you have at least thirty-five thousand season ticket holders so how are you going to do that and are they going to open up the entire seventy thousand seat stadium 
to spread everybody around, which I, I think you are, but then you're having to spend more money having that, um, you know, that extra um, seating that you normally don't have. So, um, but I'm surprised it's, it's, you know, the home openers, uh, everybody's home openers are a month away. You would think you would have more concrete information by this time. Well, maybe some clubs are holding off, right? Hoping that with more vaccinations rolling out more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, herd immunity. Um, that they're potentially be able to open up with more capacity. So maybe they don't want to speak prematurely. I think, you know, being here in California, that's probably the best we're going to get. Um, while probably, you know, in Orlando, Atlanta on the East coast, they might be able to have maybe 40% capacity. Yeah, I hope so, man. That'd be interesting. Kind of, uh, speaking about Orlando, did you hear that they're potentially selling? Yeah, I heard about that, man. It's crazy. Tell, tell me more. So they're possibly selling to the Wolf family. Um, they're currently the owners of the NFL team, Minnesota Vikings. And the interesting part is that they're also minority owners of Nashville SC. So um, supposedly Orlando City might sell. If they were to sell, nothing's finalized. Um, the team is valued at $450 million, which kind of seems low for a team that's already been around for a little bit, you know, because what... Charlotte just paid like $300 million just to get into the MLS, right? Um, so kind of seems low, including they're not sure because, you know, Orlando City has the NWSL team and they have the USL League One team. So they're not sure if the NWSL rights are included in that purchase or not. Um, details still to come, but it'd be interesting to see if Orlando City does sell and if, you know, the Will family does put money into Orlando because... They've kind of struggled their entire existence, you know? Yeah, they just got good last year. They actually were looking like a rival for Atlanta. So that's uh, it's an interesting development. Definitely, definitely. Do you th- consider them rivals? Is that more forced by the league? Uh, it's always been forced. But I think the funny thing is that, uh, you know, Joseph Martinez has kind of poured salt in the wounds to kind of turn it into a, a rivalry, just how he scored goals and did a look back and just makes funny videos, making fun of them. So it's like, if it wasn't a rivalry before, I think Joseph kind of turned it into one, which shows that he's more than just, uh, you know, an on the field product. He's an off the field product too, which is, it's, it's good for, it's good for uh, business. Oh, I thought you were kissing his butt, dude. My bad. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> I want him to, I want him to come back, dude, and just hear it out. And you know, you know who our, our first game is against, right? Uh, against who? Orlando, bro. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, who? Hey, no, I did see a video of Orlando. him scoring though. Uh, he looks a little out of shape, dude. Uh, hey, you, you're allowed to be out of shape as a striker in MLS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would hear that a lot with Frank DeBoer that he would clash because Joseph would always come in out of shape. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, I got to shut up because he just scored. Yep. Um, speaking about that, Orlando has a little bit of a guest in their house. You know, all the Canadian teams, because of international travel and everything, they're not going to be able to play at their home for a while. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Toronto FC is going to be sharing, you know, facilities at Orlando. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Montreal's at Fort Lauderdale with Inner Miami. And then Vancouver is in Real Salt Lake. So... That kind of sucks for all those players. They're having a play, be away from their families for so long, um, basically be in a hotel for whoever knows how long until maybe what 
midsummer before they're able to get games back in Canada. Canadians, bro. What can you say about it? They eat weird bacon. They got to do different rules, man. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna suck, and then because they, they obviously they're gonna lose their home field advantage. Yeah. Um. But that it's pretty much what they they were doing uh, towards the end of last year. So at least they're a little bit used to it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. And then Vancouver. Did you hear the, who their new uh, assistant coach is? Who? Another U.S. Men's National Team legend, Ricardo Obie Clark. Hernandez? Uh, oh, I Ricardo wish. Clark. Ricardo Clark. Hey, man, uh, where the heck has he been? <laughs> I don't know, dude. First, kinda... That's the first time I heard his name in like 10 years. I know, dude. It's kind of interesting. Like all these, you know, legends, you know, you don't know where they are. And some of them are actually still involved in the game. You just don't hear about them as often. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, you know, once once they're like on a if they're like on a lower, lower team as like on the staff, I mean, why would you hear about it? Yeah, I agree, agree. Well, now speaking about domestic leagues, uh, I want to go ahead and jump into the segment that we started last week, speaking about the NWSL. Um, the Challenge Cup is coming up. Uh, it begins April 9th, and it runs till May 8th. So the Challenge Cup, they did it for the first time last year with COVID-19. They were the first league back, you know, um, to operate with inside the bubble. Um Obviously, last year, I think it was like three weeks long or a couple weeks long. This year, they brought it back again. It's going to be roughly a month long. Um, and they won't be in a bubble. They're they're actually playing at their home game. So I guess it's kind of like an extended preseason, but a higher level of competition because they are taking it serious. Um, but as soon as May 8th ends, that's when their actual league will start. And then their league will run from May to about October-ish. So it's going to be interesting um, that they decided to keep it. You know, the MLS obviously did not keep the MLS's back tournament. So it'd be interesting to see the Challenge Cup if you guys want to check it out. It's on CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is that new streaming feature. But there's a couple new teams. There's uh, Kansas City and Louisville FC. Uh, It's going to be cool to kind of see that league consistently grow. And David, I got to get your thoughts on this new Kansas City team. So basically, NWSL had a team in Kansas City uh, back in 20, I think they uh, folded in 2017, but they were kind of in shambles. So what happened was the league took ownership back and the league owned them. And then because they ceased operations, they forwarded all their like staff contract, their player contract, everything over to a new franchise called Utah Royals FC, obviously in Utah. And that was in 2017. And then this year, Utah Royals sold their franchise rights and moved it to Kansas City again. So it's going to be interesting, you know, that they've kind of gone back and forth. And do you think, you know, a team can survive in Kansas City again? Um, It's always hard to tell. Just with NWA. SL and just women's soccer in general, we've seen, um, you know, a lot of teams fold or, or move. So, I mean, it, it's really, it's just, it's just, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know, honestly. It's going to be interesting. And then they've, since it's been so fast, they kind of didn't create a name for themselves. So for this 2021 season, they're going to be called Kansas City NWSL. What a beautiful Dang. name, huh? Is that is that better than a football team? 
Ah, dude, I kind of actually like Washington football yeah, team. Dude, I, I do too. I wish, like, just keep it, dude. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, well, it's they have, like, you know, obviously you have SC was using soccer, so, like, they already use soccer club. Yeah. Um. Just, so just it, take it, use it. Like, yeah, you can come up with a... Uh, the logo's fine. Washington football team, dude. I like it. Kansas City Soccer Club. They should just spell it out instead of putting SC. Well, they put Kansas City NWSL. That's the name of it. Yeah. Um. Just just in case you forgot which league they were in. But, <laughs> but dude, it's it's interesting because I was reading a couple articles that there's... Have you ever heard of that men's league third division, the NISA, the National Independent Soccer Association? Uh, I've heard of only from you. <laughs> well, basically, they've partnered with another league, women's league called the United Women's Soccer, uh, the UWS, and they aim to launch a pro league in 2022. They, When they first started, they had 11 teams. Now they have over 70 teams. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, another league to, you know, rival um, NWSL. But then I read another article that the USL is trying to launch a women's league in 2022 as well. So instead of like them teaming up and growing the one league that we have, it's going to be now diluted talent across the board and diluted fan base, right? Yeah, I feel like you're already splitting a small pie into more smaller pies. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know how it's all going to shake out. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But again, you know, league starts April 9th. If you guys want to check it out, CBS Sports Network or Paramount Plus. And if you guys go ahead and sign up for Paramount Plus, feel free to shoot me an email with all your login info <laughs> so that way I can watch the game too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, enough domestically, David. Let's go ahead and move to your favorite topic, Americans Abroad. Yeah. America, Get your swag baby. on. Yeah. That's uh, what Josh Sargent has been doing, by the way. He's going ham right now in the Bundesliga. Um, it's kind of funny because I was like, oh, man, he's going off. And then I checked his stats. He's actually only scored five goals this season, but it's the mm-hmm. highest that he's ever done. And four of those goals have come in the last seven games. So he's actually, uh, you know, tearing it up right now. And I hope this, you know, form continues. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really just because he's been like just in the most recent games, like you mentioned. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's killing it right now for Werder Bremen. Um, so I think the, the tough thing is just the way the way they play in their system. It's just it's it's hard to get goals. Um, yeah, 100 so percent, because he, he's leading the team with the most goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, you when you think about it that way, when you kind of just say five goals, that's it. But then when you think about it, like, oh, he's leading the team, it's like they probably don't get many opportunities. Yeah exactly but yeah and uh hopefully you continue to tear it up and maybe that'll springboard him to get on a on a better club yeah agreed agreed um yeah and then we got uh the the u.s 23 uh roster they cut it down to 20 players so we got our game march 18th against costa rica which is this thursday um so looking forward to that hopefully it's on a, an actual channel people can watch it on it's on fs1 and do the n or do um, basically <laughs> Univision um, or Fox Sports 1. Um, they also play the Dominican Republic on Sunday, March 21st. And then the big one is Mexico, USA next Wednesday on March 24th. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, obviously, although the U23 still has that rivalry and it kind of added to the spice because Efrain Alvarez, that we spoke about last week, 
um, was left oh. off the U.S. <laughs> was left off the U.S. roster because he hadn't made a decision yet. In recent days, turns out he's chosen Mexico, and it looks like Tata Mantino is gonna choose him for the main national yeah, team sucks. for these upcoming he friendlies. Sucks anyways, bro. <laughs> hey, why are you hating, dude? Hey, that's your isn't old that, coach. Hey, no, but isn't that what always happens? Like as soon as a player decides to go for the other country, they're like, ah, he sucks anyways. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants him, and then as soon as they choose another country, they're like, ah, he sucks. Well, that's what they say about the like Sergio Dest, right? Oh, he, they yeah. want him for for Netherlands. He chose the U.S. Ah, he's not very good, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but in spite of that, so I mean, wish him luck. Obviously, he's a Galaxy player. Me being half Mexican, I hope he does well. Um, but I do have my reservations on uh, his growth lately as a professional. So I hope he he proves me wrong for the sake of Mexico and for the sake of Galaxy. But in some better news, we did get a commitment from Yunus Musa. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, obviously, we've only really seen him play at the international level. level. Um, but, I mean, he looked really good, and I like the way he played. Um, and he could have he could have played for U.S., Ghana, England, or Italy. So he had his choice. Obviously, uh, I mean, USA is your best bet, I think, out of those. Well, he, he captained get... the English national team, you know. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Youth he level. So he, I think he had a good shot at the English national team. Maybe not like now, um, but I think he did have a shot at them. But it, it's good that he chose the USA. He said he chose them because he wanted to represent where he was actually born. So pretty, exci- pretty excited about that. And as my... Born in New York City. As my cousin Michael mentioned, I think the U.S. fans do need a alter their expectations a little bit i think every time a new young talent comes on the scene we think they're going to be messy and then when they end up just having a good career being a solid player but not messy all of a sudden everyone's like oh this guy sucks you know he wasn't good enough he cracked under pressure and i think we need to you know obviously have high standards but don't assume everyone is going to be you know the you know the next best player in the world you mean like jonathan gonzalez yeah basically and now, who knows? And then nobody even talks about him anymore. Uh, he's still around. He's still around. But yeah, so yeah, I think... Yeah, but everybody was... Every, every, remember how big of a deal everybody made that, oh, man, the U.S. let him slip and all this stuff. So it's like... And that's another question I want to ask you because there's this huge um, there's this huge narrative that the U.S. is always losing the, the recruitment battle. Um, and I don't know if you have anywhere in the world where you have um, two countries battling it out for players between the u.s and mexico um just because you have so many you know mexican americans that can play for both countries so do you think the u.s is losing or it just it is what it is and the chips just fall where they fall well i think it's i think it's difficult you know coming from a mexican background i can speak on it in, in the sense that most mexican americans are very very tied to their culture and tied to their mexican family so it's very very hard to kind of win them away from the Mexican pride when they grow up watching, you know, everything about the Mexican national team and cheering for them. And I mean, you can't blame them, right? You typically choose who your dad goes for. And if it, if your dad's constantly watching one team over another, that's kind of where your heart's going to lie. Right. I mean, you growing up, David, your dad goes for the U S men's national team a lot more than Guatemala. Right. So I think your heart lies with USA, although you still go for Guatemala. So these Mexican Americans, although they still, probably want USA to succeed their heart is you know with Mexico because that's what they've kind of known their whole lives so 
Oh, you're Are sexist, we... man. Sexist. <laughs> yeah, it's just your dad. What yeah, pretty mom, much. Dude? Oh, my I'm mom watched volleyball, dude. Nah, but she was she was 100 <laughs> Mexico, dude. I think so. Are we losing? Uh, I think we've lost on a couple. Um, but overall, we're also winning. You know, from other na- nationalities, not just USA versus Mexico. I think the biggest one though that USA lost is when they lost. Uh, what was his name? He was a goalkeeper, Obi Hernandez to Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could have played for three uh, three national teams, U.S., Guatemala, and Mexico, and all of them said, nah, hell no. Nah. I know. <laughs> they all rejected me. It's They're right. like, we'll put in the water, boy. <laughs> they actually uh, paid me to go not play, you know? Yeah. They're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> But it's definitely interesting. I, I mean, it's always a rivalry that's always going to be there, and I don't want it to go away. Like, when Donovan was like, Let's cheer for Mexico. I was like, look, look, dude, I'm oh, I'm Mexican American. As long as Mexico's playing any other national team, I root for them wholeheartedly. But I was like, come on, dude, it's rivalries. I'm not gonna sit there and go for yeah. LAFC in the Concacaf Champions League, you know? That was hella lame that when Donovan said that. But you know, he gets he gets he gets one. He gets one free pass because he's a legend, but that one hurt. Um, it did. But yeah, so a quick note. Um Pulisic got sixty eight minutes over the weekend. So Did you, know, you happen to watch that game? I didn't cuz so, I I got to watch it um I recorded it cuz on the on the west coast it was at 4:30 a.m. I wasn't going to wake up and watch it but basically he produced a lot a lot of good chances in front of goal but their forwards one the forward whiffed it two or three times the forwards when he like they were sitting at the top of the 18 instead of going into the 6 yard box um so I think he had himself a good game um Obviously, since the stats don't show it, then I think Thomas Tuchel is going to kind of leave him out. But this is what Thomas Tuchel had to say. He says, but I just know what impact he can have in the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes. His power and strength, said Tuchel. It isn't a lack of trust or quality. It is just he will have to be more patient. So basically, he's kind of like has the same Super image. Sad. Well, he, yeah, he has an image of Pulisic as a younger kid, you know, just coming off the bench and making an impact. So it kind of... you don't. You don't pay $70 million for 20 minutes. Yeah, I agree. But I'm saying that's what Tuchel sees Pulisic as, apparently. So, I mean, I think he needs to leave if if Tuchel's not going to be able to get over that, you know, old view of him and hopefully he goes somewhere else. Yeah, and uh, we don't know how Chelsea, the, you know, the, the front office is looking at this because obviously they spent a lot of money on him. They know he's a good player. Um, so, you know, I don't know how much influence there is because, you know, you, you, you generally want your um, coach to have full control. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. And, you know, kind of speaking about Champions League, we'll, we'll speak about it in a little bit. But no Weston, no next round. That's all I'm saying. Nah, uh, yeah, man. Weston McKinney did not start, unfortunately. And his team didn't uh, make it past Porto. So they're eliminated from the Champions League. So CR7, everyone talks about he can do it everywhere, but apparently he can't do it on a cold night in Porto. Man, I was ready to be like, dude, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is trash, bro. Straight trash, man. He sucks now. And then he goes on and scores a hat-trick over the weekend. It's like he heard me. Well, dude, you know, when you're playing in the Italian League, you can just go in and score whenever you want. Look at Slatan. <laughs> The most offensive league in the world. I think they're losing that rap lately, dude, because Slatan yeah, is just <laughs> tearing it up. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, unfortunately, they used to be known as a defensive masterclass, but I think that's going away. 
Yeah, but uh, man, that that Juve uh, Porto game, what a freaking game, man! That was amazing. It was a back and forth. You had goal line clearances. You had a, a red card, um, which I'm gonna talk about that later in my dead of the week. You just had everything, dude, to the last minute where um, you think Juve has it, and then Porto comes back, dude. It's just it was it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, and I'm a I always give the goalkeeper some love, but I think Porto's goalkeeper, um, the Argentine. Uh, I always mispronounce his name, but anyways, he's very good. He had him, himself a great game. He was playing in Mexico for most of his career until he made the leap to Porto, I think, a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, but he had himself a game, dude. Yeah, I yeah mean, it, was a, it was a great game to watch, man. Yeah, a couple, two more things before we move on to, into like full Champions League preview is, one, Bruce Arena, former men's national team uh, coach, twice obviously one world cup failure one he actually did well um came out recently and spoke about thinking you know everyone's kind of which is it it is exaggerated but everyone's kind of thinking about 2022 um the world cup and everyone says well all usa is going to win it bruce arena says thinking that way is stupid because we'd even qualify for the last one we just need to go ahead and make sure we qualify for this upcoming world cup so what do you think about that um, I don't think it's stupid, but definitely taper expectations. But, um, I mean, no matter what, it's going to come off bad because it's Bruce Arena and he's a big reason why we qualify the last one. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, it's not stupid. Um, I think as a fan, you always got to want your team to win it all, right? Um, I think the EPL. All the lower teams, Fulham, they go into hoping they're going to win it all, but realistically, they know they won't. And I think that's kind of what we have to do as fans is we hope we win it all, but realistically, let's just qualify. Yeah, let's, let's not be like the Dallas Cowboys. All right, here we go. Five Super Bowls. <laughs> five Super Bowls. I'm just, I'm just messing with you, man. Um, but yeah, you, you want to get into some more Champions League stuff? Yeah, um, well, before we get into full Champions League, I want to kind of talk about PSG. Um Angel de Maria, and then Brazilian center back Marquinhos. During their game this past weekend, well, I think it was yesterday actually, they, you know, Angel de Maria was subbed out because his house was being robbed and his family was being held hostage during the robbery. Um, turns out later that Marquinhos' parents' house was robbed at the exact same time. So it's kind of interesting that they only subbed out Angel de Maria. Maybe they didn't know Marquinhos' house was getting robbed. But yeah, both families were held, you know, during the robbery hostage and apparently it's something that occurs quite often in in france that they target the players houses during the games because they know they won't be there but because of covid the parent and their family members aren't at the stadium they're actually home so that's a pretty wild turn of events yeah uh i mean what a what a crazy story and then you know you just you feel like this is something that would be like happening if you were playing like you know in a developing country league not in you know paris france um so it's pretty crazy and then apparently it happened to him too when he was playing for manchester united did yeah you, back in 2015 that? yeah <laughs> so i was like odds? i don't know somebody has it out for him or what man but that's that's just so crazy yeah i know what are the odds that it happens once but twice in two different countries so maybe it's the same robber huh dude that's what i say somebody might have it out for him yeah uh, perhaps but Going into Champions League, um, Barca eliminated, Juve eliminated, 
Um, and this, you know, upcoming week on Tuesday and Wednesday, you have Man City plays Borussia Mönchengladbach. They're up 2-0. I see them going through. Madrid's up 1-0. It's interesting that they're kind of struggling a little bit. Bayern up 4-0. They're going to go through. And the really close game is Chelsea versus Atletico. Chelsea surprised Atletico at Atletico Madrid Stadium. So now they're going back home with a one-goal lead and the away goal in their favor. You know, who do you see taking it there? I'm going to call it that Pulisic's going to get a goal or an assist at least. If he plays. I, I think he is. I think he is. Um, but, yeah, I, I see I see Chelsea eking that one out. Uh, possibly, possibly. I mean, Tuchel, he has, I think, the record for in his first seven games. He has, like, the least goal scored against them, which is, like, phenomenal. Must have taken a page out of Frank DeBoer's book because he also hasn't scored very many goals. <laughs> so he's just watching Frank DeBoer learning how to defend and not score goals. <laughs> pretty much yeah 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 um but champions league guys pretty excited make sure you guys check that out let us know your thoughts um about who you guys think are gonna go through really quick uh so it's the first time since 2005 that ronaldo and messi have been haven't made it to the quarterfinals um is that that's crazy right it's insane because usually you expect to see one of them at least in the semifinals potentially playing for the playing for the um obviously the big year trophy right so yeah it's kind of sucks that we're not going to be able to see them in yeah that kind of takes a, a, a little bit of a bite out of the champions league doesn't it it does it does but you know me i'm rooting for pep Guardiola, dude let's go oh, baby man. he's got to win it this is the year dude hey they're still up they're fighting for the quadruple dude so it could be the first team to get the quadruple done yeah nah watch it be Bayern, bro Ooh. Uh, actually, Bayern Bayern's looking pretty good under their their coach. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah. And uh, really quick uh, in the Europa League, the, Dude, the no Gunners, one cares Arsenal, about Arsenal, bro. Arsenal beat Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh wait, that was uh, yeah. Uh, well, we beat Olympiacos first in the Europa League, and we scored some great goals. But then we also beat Tottenham over the weekend. So man, yeah. Arsenal's been on fire. And um, I mean, we've been scoring some good goals too, some great goals. What do you think about? Your coach, Mikel, benching Aubameyang because he was late for the pregame meeting. I mean, you're the coach. You tell me. Like, where does uh, where does uh, go from like uh, making a player is, is treating you know being held to the same standard, but also he's your goal scorer. Like, how how do you how do you how do you figure that out as a coach? I mean, it, it's difficult finding that balance, but I agree with what he did. You, you can't put a player above the team, right? Because if your star player, your captain, kind of starts to make that a tradition of just kind of showing up whenever he wants and not getting there on time, then obviously everybody else is going to do it and no one's going to feed into the right culture. So you kind of do have to make an example of the star players if they're not kind of buying into the program. So I agree with that. Um, like you said, it wasn't too big to leave him out of the 18, but you know, pulling him out of the London Derby, I think is a good example and it'll probably hit hit home to everybody and i mean look they still won the game so hats off to Mikel. yeah i mean if he would have if they would have lost they would he would better criticize him oh big time well that dude i mean kind of like sheffield um what was it sheffield united's their coach that just got fired or, or part mm-hmm. of mutual ways pep guardiola said it he said if pep guardiola was at sheffield 
he'd be getting fired and fighting for relegation. And if their coach was at Man City, he'd be, you know, fighting for a league title. I mean, sometimes it's it's not that they're a bad coach. It's just resources aren't there. The club isn't big enough and they don't have realistic expectations because, I mean, I think he was doing a good job with Sheffield, but you can't expect them to compete for the Premier League title every time, you know, or, or even once. Um, but I think, like you said, it all... If the decision works out, then they look amazing. If the decision doesn't work out, then everyone criticizes them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, David, it's time for your favorite part of the show. Give them the stud of the week, moment of the week, and the dud of the week. All right. And and I hate I hate to, to say this guy's name because he plays for uh, the rival team, Tottenham. But, and I mean, every I, pretty much everybody has seen this goal because it's just so amazing is Eric Lamella. Uh, scored the Robana goal, dude. Um, I that like I was literally watching that goal and I just went speechless, bro. Like dude, that goal, I will, it's insane. Like it's one of the best goals I've seen. I couldn't even be mad because I was watching it and I was like, oh my god, it was just an amazing goal and the the audacity to even try it because um, he pretty much like crosses his foot behind the other one and hits the ball. And the crazy thing is, for one, he nutmegs the defender. But two, the power that he was able to get behind that, and it goes right into the side netting. Like it's a yeah. beautiful goal. Leno had no chance at it. it is uh, still speechless, dude. Um, we'll include that link in the description. You guys got to check out that goal. It's probably one of the best you'll ever see. Um, I, at least for me, it's one of the best I've seen live. Let alone just in general, is uh, the creativity to go for that in that moment. Um, and he kind of came on as a super sub, right? Um. Yeah, son went out injured, injured yeah. and he came in and made a huge impact so it's kind of funny how those things work out because if son doesn't get injured we don't get to see a world-class goal but but then he also gets a second yellow and gets sent off later on in the game hey dude it's all right when you score <laughs> hey when you score <laughs> that goal though, right? when you score that goal you can do whatever you want dude he, he's not going to show up on time for the next 10 meetings and he's fine but it's funny you could you could in soccer in the span of ninety minutes you can go from like hero to zero and or zero to hero like so fast it's crazy. Happened a lot to me as a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. no, for all goalkeepers get a lot of hate. You right? You can make ten world class saves and then you get scored on. Even if it's a golazo, they're like, oh, freaking keeper could have done better. <laughs> yeah, you can be you can be great for eighty nine minutes and that one minute, all yeah. it takes. Yep, yep. It's we're kind of like, quote unquote, uh, the pitchers, you know, of soccer, right? Because pitchers in baseball, they can be hit, pitching lights out, and then they give up, you know, one home run that changes the game, say there's a tied game, or they're barely winning by one, and all of a sudden, the pitcher gets yanked. The whole game, you know, they give them the loss, you know. Um, yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. And the dud. Um, the dud is uh, goes to Medi Taremi. Uh, he he plays for Porto in that Juve game. He got a, a red. Uh, he got a second yellow, which was a red card. But it was how he got the second yellow, where he pretty much was offside. The ball is kind of bouncing, and he decides to just sky the ball into the stand after the whistle. Now, ref's whistle. After the yeah, and you know some argue that you know he didn't hear the whistle or whatever. But it, I mean, it's pretty clear he did on purpose. Now, I, I mean, y'all could be the judge if you think that that was kind of harsh on the ref because it, it was going to lead to a red. Uh, I mean, to a second yellow, which would lead to a red. And, it's, you know, it's an important game. I mean, luckily, Porto came and still won the game in crazy fashion. But if they would have lost, I mean, they would have been pissed at him, right? I mean, yeah. So it's a dead moment because the player's dumb for doing it. 
but I don't agree with the referee's decision. Um, just like you said, there's a thing called spirit of the law that if you were to go by the rule book, which a lot of people don't understand, there'd be red cards left and right because technically in the rule book it says profan- profanity is a red card. So how many players cuss during a game left and right? They should be red carded, right? But there's a thing called spirit of the law. The guy, if he didn't have a yellow card, perfectly fine game with a yellow card. It was in the 55th minute. It wasn't like it was in the dying minutes. You know, it wasn't like they were chasing the game or it was about to be, you know, it wasn't a foul in their own half, you know, and uh, Juventus was about to take a quick restart or anything. Yeah, it happened after the whistle, but I didn't think it was like 10 seconds after the whistle. It happened, you know, quickly. I think what happened was the ref got pressured because as soon as he called it, all the Juve players kind of ran after the referee because at first he was, it didn't look like he was going for the cards. And then kind of when everybody surrounded him, he kind of felt the pressure and he was like, all right, here we go, you know? Yeah, no, nah, I can kind of agree to that. I mean, I've I've pretty much lost my virginity playing soccer before, and the, the ref didn't give a card. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, there, that, <laughs> that the ref never called. Some stuff that you didn't know about David, apparently. Dude, you get in that 18 yard, you get in that corner in the 18 yard box, dude. You don't know what goes. Look, on. look, I don't know what goes on in Georgian soccer, <laughs> but I would be careful if anybody has a game over there on the East Coast. Just, just be careful, you know. Make sure to wear some very, you know, Bro, protective you underwear. About? I just, I don't know hey, what's going on over there. Me- Mexicans and Central Americans are the worst, bro. And I don't know what goes on, dude. <laughs> but be careful when you guys go play with David Donis. Yeah, we're but, some, uh, we're some tight shorts. <laughs> but guys, enjoy all the games this upcoming week. Enjoy the U23 games, the Champions League games, and MLS is one week closer, guys. So. Hopefully that gets here sooner than later. And as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Leave us comments on Facebook. As always, guys, thank you. Enjoy the week. Yep. Five-star ratings. We out. Peace, y'all. It's been real. It's been fun. But it hasn't been real fun. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out weekly. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out via email or on any of our social media platforms. Bye. Have a good week.